The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Preach as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You received without pay, give without pay. Take no gold, nor silver, nor copper in your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor a staff. For the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay with him until you depart. As you enter the house, salute it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you, or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it shall be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. The Gospel of the Lord. So in the first reading today, uh, we're back in the book of Genesis, and we're at the point in the story now where Joseph reveals who he is to his brothers. They show contrition for what they have done to their brother, and he meets their contrition with the revelation of his love, a revelation of his forgiveness, a revelation of who he is, and also we know then from the providence of God he will give from them from all the things that God has given him and has entrusted to him. He sees that through his suffering, it is by means of his suffering that he is now able to care for his brothers and provide for them. He sees how God's providence has worked even through his trials and his difficulties. And so in a very beautiful way, he represents Christ at multiple times during the life of Jesus. Most especially, I think, if you look at maybe the scene from the road to Emmaus in Luke's gospel, where Jesus is walking with his disciples. They do not recognize him. They are responsible for having left him and abandoned him, the one whom they should have kept with themselves. They do not initially recognize, them, recognize him, but again, through a conversation with them, eventually they come to recognize Christ in the breaking of the bread in the way in which he will provide for them. And so you see how Joseph represents Christ in the moments of the resurrection, how his brothers come to him, they don't recognize him, he reveals himself to them, and then he gives them bread from the storehouses and from the warehouses, who gives them food to sustain themselves. And so Joseph prefigures Christ in many ways, but I think also in his public ministry, in the way in which Christ comes out of his hidden life his hidden life in Nazareth, and begins to proclaim to those around whom he has lived, begins to proclaim the same things that Joseph teaches to his brothers or reveals to his brothers. Jesus reveals who he is. He reveals his love. 
He reveals his forgiveness. He reveals a desire to provide for his apostles. And also what we see here, which is important for today's gospel, it is that Joseph reveals himself first to his brothers, and then from that revelation, there is a revelation throughout the house of Pharaoh, which is something important for what we see in the gospel today. Because this commission that the Lord is giving to his apostles as they go out to preach, as we saw from yesterday's gospel, this is particular to the house of Israel. Go to the lost of the house of Israel first. This is not the commission to go out and preach yet to the Gentiles. And that's, I think, why there is a difference between what he tells them to do and what he tells them either not to take with them or to take with them because we have to reconcile that in the Gospels. Here the Lord says to them, do not take any gold or silver or a tunic or two tunics or a purse or sandals or a staff. But later in the Gospels, when they are being commissioned to go out into the Gentiles, it is different. He tells them to take a few of these things with them. One of the commentators points out the fact that in the Jewish tradition, it was a custom for them to provide for teachers, for those who would come with the truth in order to teach them. And so when they are being sent, the apostles, to the house of Israel, well, it is right that they should be provided for uh, according to that custom. But it is not a custom that exists in the Gentiles. And so the Lord in his providence then provides for these things before they go out and take the word to the Gentiles. So that's one explanation. I think another way to look at it as well is that all things are directed by Christ himself and by means of his word. So wherever the apostles are sent, whatever their particular needs will be for the future, the word is what provides for them, directs them, governs them. So they are able to operate always according to God's will because the Lord speaks to them, directs them. They have a relationship with him. And I think that is also what is important to note. Then what is also interesting is when Jesus says to his apostles, preach as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we dealt with that a little bit yesterday. But according to what they preach, he tells them to do something similar to what he has done, which is not only preach the doctrine of the kingdom, but also work the miracles that are its proof the proof of their authority to preach. Go out and work these same miracles. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. And so these miracles are given to his apostles, the power to work these miracles. But these miracles also represent what the church will do in a spiritual sense. Now there is still gifts of healing and the casting out of demons and the healing of the sick, these miracles still happen within the church. But they point to the deeper spiritual healing that is worked by God through his grace in what the church is sent out to do. So St. Thomas Aquinas, he has a very beautiful commentary on this section of Matthew's gospel. And he says that healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers and casting out demons are a cleansing out or a healing from all of the different stages of sin that can take root in our life. So he says that when the Lord says, heal the sick, that is for the church in terms of healing souls from the state of original sin. 
Original sin puts our souls in a state of sickness because we are inclined more to sin than we are to virtue. And so we need God's grace and his sacraments so that our interior is drawn more to things of God than it is to the things of the world. We need his grace in order to be able to do that so that our souls can be healed by his grace, so that things that are spiritual have more appeal to us than things that are temporal and material. So there's a healing that the church gives us through those, through the sacraments and through grace, and that is what healing the sick of soul means. But then he also says, raise the dead. So that is not just someone who is in a state of original sin, but also in a state of actual sin. When we're, someone has sinned mortally, their soul truly dies. And the church has the grace and the sacraments from Christ to be able to restore souls from that point of death and restore them to life. We have all been restored to life by the sacraments of the church. Then he says, what does it mean then to cleanse lepers? He says, well, just as leprosy was infectious, so also our sin can be infectious. And so lepers are those whose sin has caused others to sin. Maybe our sin has inspired or has, has caused someone else to fall into the same sins. Think of sins like gossip or whatever. There's multiple types of sin that can be seen as a type of leprosy, things that become infectious. And so what, again, the Lord sends, he sends his grace through the church and through ministers and through the sacraments to bring an end to these things to bring an end to a spiritual leprosy and to heal from spiritual leprosy. And then lastly, what St. Thomas Aquinas says is the casting out of demons can represent when someone has been fallen into, has fallen into a habit of sin, and they've reached a point now where they actually delight, as it says in the Psalms, they delight in, in Proverbs, sorry, they delight in wickedness and they delight in sin. And so sometimes that can be a hardness of heart that has been formed because of habitual sin but again, the grace of the church is given to break that hardness of heart, to enter in and to cast out a type of demonic activity that delights in sin. So it's a very beautiful image to meditate on is the ways in which Christ's grace can permeate and change and heal all the different stages of sin in our lives. And then he sends out his apostles as a sign. He tells them, you have received freely give freely. We have received a lot from God in his grace. And if we think about it, it might make us proud. But in order to avoid foiling into pride with regards to all the treasures that we have received of the kingdom, the Lord reminds us that these treasures do not come from ourselves because he says, you have received. These things are received from God. And so we cannot be proud as to their source. But also, we did not merit the things that we have received from God. And so he says, not only have you received them, but you received them freely. We did not merit them, and we are not their source. Christ has merited them for us by his passion, and Christ has given them to us freely. And this commission that we have or that we see of Christ to his apostles is given also to us. We have also, all of us, received the beautiful grace of Jesus Christ through the sacraments of the church, baptism, for our confession, confirmation, here, the Eucharist. We have received all the graces that we have from Christ. 
and we have received them freely. And it is for us to go out completely reliant on these graces and call others to experience the same things. The beauty of the fact that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and available to us through the church and through the sacraments. Amen.